This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today on Valley Views, we're visiting with Dorothy Urban, the curator of the Silver Cliff Museum, which is located in the firehouse at 606 Main Street, right there in downtown Silver Cliff. Dorothy, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, we were just uh, having a little bit of conversation. We have uh, something in common in our background. We're both from uh, Missouri. I was born in Missouri, as were you. That's right. And you lived in uh, St. Louis, and I lived in Ferguson many years ago when I was very young. So uh, you said you came to Colorado about 92, is that right? 1962. 1962. Mm -hmm. And you moved to Pueblo, you said. Right. What brought you to Pueblo, and what did you do to keep busy when you were down there? What brought me to Colorado, period, was my daughter had been ill in Missouri, and the doctors recommended that we move out of Missouri, and so we chose Colorado. Good. Now, the Silvercliff Museum is typically open in the summertime, and you've got your summer hours. What are those hours coming up? Uh, we start at Memorial Day, 1 to 4, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and we, we won't close until Labor Day. Now, you've got an open house coming up uh, right. here on May 24th. Right. Uh, I've got from 4 to 6.30. Exactly. What might folks expect at that open house? Well, I'm expecting that they're going to be surprised that my team has really worked on the museum to give it a new look. Okay. A fresh look. And I think they will be surprised. We have a few new displays. So it's pretty exciting for us to get to this point for the tourism season. It's very important to us. And how did the Silvercliff Museum come about? Uh, and about when did, it o- when did it open? It was in the 50s. A group of ladies had started it. And, and then they turned it over to the town of Silvercliff. And Silvercliff, the town owns it, and we have a budget with the uh, town. And so that's how we work it. Okay. Now, the building itself is historic. I've got down that it was built in 1879, and it's still on the original site, as I understand. Exactly. And it was the firehouse? Yes, the firehouse downstairs and the town hall upstairs. So are there any ghosts in the, or ghosts or interesting history of the building? Well, there's quite a bit of uh, interesting history, especially from the visitors that come in, because they remember... The museum, like it was in the old days, and so they come in and tell us their stories, and then we tell them our stories, and it becomes an interesting, very interesting thing. And then they want to bring their families back, because a lot of their families, that's what they're doing. They're trying to locate where their families might have homesteaded here Mm -hmm. or lived here, like the German colony. And so it becomes very interesting, because everything in... The Silvercliff Museum is artifacts from the families around here Mm -hmm. that did have homesteaders that started here. Mm -hmm. And so they're in there looking for, well, where did my uncle's picture, where is his picture at? Well, Mm -hmm. it's upstairs. You know, we can tell them where it is. And everything in the museum has been photographed and inventoried and put in the computer, and then all those records we send down to the library in case we're closed and somebody wants to trace their family. They can go to the library, and they can help them there also. 
Now, if someone were to visit the museum for the first time, what do you hope they won't miss? Well, you know, the outstanding thing is the fire department equipment. And they are amazed of what we have in fire department equipment. The hook and ladder wagon is from 1879. They bought it back then for $999. And it's in the original state. We do not repaint that wagon. We just keep it clean, keep it waxed so it doesn't dry out. And then we have a hose cart that's very famous. And we have been promised to have the parade hose cart in the backyard for the open house. And it has more bells and whistles on it. It's, mm-hmm. pr- it's pretty neat, yeah. Uh, so what are some of the other highlights in the museum? Mining. The mining room. We have a lot of minerals on display, and they have been identified, not by me, by a, another person in our community that has more knowledge than I do about minerals. And so that is very interesting to people. We have what we call a ranch room, and that has different types of things in it, like the piano from a long time ago, uh, Marie Earps. And we're going to have a lady play that for the open house, Mm -hmm. and then another lady singing some of the old songs. So that's pretty exciting. And so it just goes on, you know, upstairs, we have a lot of different things. Now I'm getting into what what we would do on a tour. Mm -hmm. On a tour, I would welcome the people at the front door and then have them sign our guest book. There's no charge to go through the museum, but we do accept donations. Mm -hmm. We depend on donations to keep the museum open. So every little bit helps. And all those that sign our guest book, I make a report at the end of the year of where these people come from. It could be all over the United States or abroad. And this gives us assistance in getting grant money to prove that what our uh, visitation is. Those kinds of numbers are very important for people offering up grants, I know. Right. Yeah, you're exactly right. Are there some interesting characters in the history of Silvercliff that you're aware of? Yes, the Chinese laundryman. Okay. His laundry is still there, just up the street, a white house with a green roof. We have a um, Hoya plant that the original piece was from his laundry. And then we have some of his laundry equipment in our museum. And he was very good with children. He taught Sunday school. Very sophisticated man. He never brought his family here. He sent his money over to them to exist in China. But he is buried out in the Silvercliff Museum, so we're proud of that. Hmm. Other interesting, uh, colorful characters in the Silvercliff's past? There is, because a lot of them, a lot of them were ranchers that brought things in. I was trying to think of particular items that they've brought in. Pictures, for one thing, have pictures of, uh, I believe you call it the Knuth family, and pictures of the Chinese laundryman. We have what is a typical print shop in those days, and we had a lot of them. Quite a few newspapers and a lot of print shops. Upstairs, over where the print shop equipment is, is a huge photograph 
of what Silvercliff used to look like. Uh, it has the geyser mine. It has, you can see a church. You can see a hotel in this picture. It's awesome. Yeah. There are some great photographs uh, that show the history, and you can look at them and uh, eventually figure out where, the, where you are. There's a few things that are standard. The firehouse has been there, as we said, from the beginning. So that's, that's one, of the, one of the standard uh, reference points, uh, I suspect. Now, we've got a number of century families still in the valley. Do they occasionally bring part of their heritage and look to you to maybe accept that as a donation? And can you, do you have the space to do that? I'm really short of space right now. I hate to say this, but I have some storage buildings in the back where I can switch out artifacts and switch them in. So everybody is represented because the artifacts are from all these people in Custer County. It's just not Silvercliff. And the same way with the uh, cemetery. Of course, it's noted for its lights. That's right. And there's a lot of stories that come in the front door about the cemetery. And people are excited to go out there and camp. They have to have permission and wait to see the lights that bounce around on the uh, tombstones. You mentioned the Silvercliff lights. Tell us a little more about the history and what those look like. It depends on who you talk to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I have never seen them. And I lived across the road from them for quite a while on a ranch out there. And I had never had the privilege of seeing them. But all the stories that come out are pretty funny. And a lot of them are from the old days, like miners coming in from Rosita. They come in the back way. They go downtown on Rosita Road down here and continue to celebrate or uh, drink a little bit too much. And then they go back the same way and they go back in the cemetery and they get frightened. They said they see the lights. And one guy started screaming. And so they ran to see what, what was wrong with him. He had stabbed his own raincoat to the ground. <laughs> and so we hear funny stories like that from different people, from the relatives, you know, that had family here and miners. Because the miners traveled too. So did the Chinese laundries too. Ville, Rosita, uh, Silvercliff. And so they did follow the mining. And uh, so, and of course, sometimes that hurt uh, the town of Silvercliff. When, mm -hmm. when, uh, like when the geyser mine went down, that really hurt Silvercliff. We're still trying to get our self back up, <laughs> so, so to speak. At one point, uh, Silvercliff had a population of 5,000 people, something yes. like that. Yeah. Yes, something like that. And there wasn't homes for all of them. And so we had what they called a tent city would have to be on the ranch that was across from the Silvercliff Cemetery where I was living for a while, my daughter and I and her husband. And we raised cattle out there. But long time ago, that was a tent city. And you could go out in the field and find pots and pans, uh, wagon rims, all kinds of tools and stuff. And uh, we would always go out and have cleanup. And it'd be a truckload that went to the landfill because <laughs> the cows would come in with the, these things hanging in their tail or in their <laughs> coat, and we'd have to remove them, you know. So it, it was kind of a, a safety thing for the cattle. 
lot of interesting history, and it's nice to have a, a facility like the Silvercliff Museum to keep that history alive. Let me remind folks that you're having an open house from 4 to 6.30 on May 24th. The Silvercliff Museum is located in the old firehouse at 606 Main Street, right in Silvercliff. And during the summer, the museum was open Friday, Saturday, Sunday, from 1 to 4. Right. And also, if like graduation, I think, is coming up, if they have a family that has brought in a lot of members of the family, mm -hmm. they can call the town hall and arrange for a private tour. And I take them in the back door, and it's their tour. And, and most often, it's about their families. They want to see what their families donated to the museum. We don't take anything on loan. It has to be donated. So, But then we have a, a release form to fill out, and they write down the history of the item that they donate to the museum. So we have the history on it. Great. Well, Dorothy, thanks for stopping by and uh, filling us in. Well, thank you for asking me. And uh, I hope everybody comes out May 24th. We even have refreshments and some music. We've been visiting with Dorothy Urban, curator of the Silvercliff Museum in Silvercliff, Colorado. My name's Gary. We'll see you next time on Valley Views. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 4 p.m. and again on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Send your ideas and comments to comments at klzr.org. Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM. I'm walking on a rainbow with my feet on solid ground. 